we right there? Check one, check one. Ian, is it a podcast? It is a podcast. All right. Ooh, cocktail. All right, Feeling good go. about it? Yes, it's a podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome down to this week's Dive Bar Mitzvah. We are still in the Big Easy. We are in New Orleans, Louisiana at Hot Damn. Good times all around, except for me. Um, a lot of things they do well here in New Orleans. Uh, good cocktails, beautiful weather, uh, and amazingly, uh, impounding your car, stealing your shit is one of the things they do very, very fucking well. Um, around 2 o'clock in the afternoon today, I found out for the second time in my life that they will come and steal your car, or in my case, even more depressingly, my mom's car. Uh, I parked apparently in a very poorly marked no parking zone, and when I came back for my delightful brunch, because I dared a brunch, my car was gone. My mom's car, rather, stolen by dicks. So luckily I got a quick ride over to the impound lot, and another thing uh, New Orleans does very well is they will take your $180 and give you your car very quickly. They were very friendly, they got me in and out, but now I'm $180 cheaper and I'm drowning my sorrows with uh, a man, a champion, a man with a plan, a canal, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Man Derek champion. Sheen. Yeah. Man champion. Maybe they weren't. Uh, maybe they weren't taking your. I, I I like to think that they weren't trying to ruin your day. I would like they to think that. They were trying to better it yeah. by making you a detective. Yeah, they they uh, they did because I because mean, I, I mean there's that second there. You're right because you don't know. You I mean you just know your shit's gone. It's not like they leave you a nice little note. Say, you have you know, to figure it out. It's yeah. very. It's uh, I think a 21st century way for you for you to be a better, more uh, you, like you have a to better invest. PI. How, yeah. How how bad do you want that car? Invest in it. Yeah. Invest in its future. Yeah, and you are from uh, the sacred Seattle, ground Seattle. of Seattle, Washington, a place that um, I've We're always wanted to go. Now, as a Seattle, a place very much known for its music scene. What are your thoughts on New Orleans and the music I thereof? I love New Orleans. We had jazz breakfast. Look, everybody here plays an instrument, which I love so much. Um, Seattle is uh, well known for people who should have died from overdoses who yeah. also own guitars. Yeah. That's the difference is. And a kung fu guy. Oh, the difference is like, uh, oh, man, uh, the guys in Seattle, they, uh, their music is so honest. Yeah. And uh, in New Orleans, they're like, the musicians are still alive. <laughs> That's. Oh, it's so weird how they're still living. Because yeah, because New Orleans, I mean, if you're not 70 years old, you're not a musician here, it nope. seems like. I think they only accepted Dr. John in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also they only recognized that he was a, he was a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Like he was an undergraduate ago, yeah. throughout the 70s. There's a lot there. It's real hard. They're like, what are you a doctor of? And he's like, groove. And they're like, get out of our town. <laughs> how do you uh, solve cancer with a groove? And yeah. Well, let me tell you what. Uh, I got a set of gold teeth, and I got a blanket <laughs> made of dreams. It's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, I'm Dr. John. By the way, a lot of people call me, um, uh, a lot of people, you know what people don't call me? Is child Dr. John. And uh, <laughs> Dr. John Medicine Woman, another thing he doesn't get nearly enough. He doesn't get that enough. Uh, now, you have, uh, and, and let me give you a little bit of background about Derek. Uh, you've been uh, doing comedy, um, and, I, and I'm going to preface this interview a little bit because All I right. got an email 
from a female, which is going to be the title of my big new country oh, song. God damn it. Uh, from Alicia Wood. And Alicia Wood. Oh, uh, Alicia Wood's funny. I love her. Because uh, she was the person I'm closest to who knows you the best. So I got some specs from her. So this is going to be peppered with stuff from the lovely Alicia Wood. Now, you, did you actually get started on in comedy in, in the early 80s or early 90s, late 80s? No. Oh, there you go. So I didn't get started in I, I literally, look, I've been, I have to be honest. I'm 45. Yeah. I started comedy when I was 11. Yeah. But Alicia would not know me. Nobody would. I didn't do stand-up. At 11. Around. I did, like, open mics, but it was, no, it was awful. I didn't start doing stand-up again until I was 34. Yeah. And that's when I met Alicia. So, no, no, no. There's nothing magical about it. I was a sad older man. I was a sad older man who wanted to do stand-up. I always wanted to do comedy, but I did music instead. I I had horrible stage fright, so I found other uh, avenues to help me get through it. Now, as uh, you have some material in your set uh, that is, I would not say complimentary, to our southern friends, our people of the dirt. Um, do you consider New Orleans the South? Yes. Okay, all right. Now, ex- explain that They're to part me. Of because the people Southeast. think this is kind of like an island, much like Austin is in Texas. They're part of the Southeast yeah. because they're in that area. But I wouldn't say it's not favorable. I would say that it is... Um, I'm looking... I, I try to write material. I love it here. So I try to write, write material that helps those guys... See all the dumb shit. Because you're kind of opening minds here. You're 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 giving people a different way to live. The people of the south in your that. material. I just know that I'm like trying to get people from the southeast to not be like, you can't joke about that. Yeah. I like I like making I like getting I want to make them a brighter, smarter people. Yeah. I have good fans out here. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you've played in uh, New Orleans before. What kind of history do you have in this town? I've never had a bad show. And, they have uh, been so good. They're such a smart audience, so, so and, I'm very and, lucky. And uh, tell me how you've spent uh, the majority of your day, Derek Sheen. Ooh, today's a rough one, Ian. <laughs> yeah, well, give me your um, itinerary. What did your I agent had, give you as your breakdown for today? I had no day? shows today. I had no shows today. So I literally spent all day progressively getting more drunk, which, by the way, for a 45-year-old alcoholic, yeah. It's no small task. I mean, I as a 39-year-old, yeah. killing it right now. I'm, like, killing it. Like, I found, I was like, what? What do a lot of young alcoholics do? And I'm like, how can I beat that? Yeah, exactly. And I did. I went to two gay bars where they don't wear shirts. I <laughs> ordered a lot of shots. I am ready to fight a straight girl. Yeah. Uh, what, was the, what was the best thing you had to drink today? We went to a tiki bar. We went to a tiki yeah. bar. Dan Schlissel. Johnny Taylor. None of their drinks were that strong. Yeah. Best thing I drank today so far. Yeah. This shot of bullet rye that I got right when we started the and, podcast. Uh, and we haven't mentioned, we were at uh, Molly's in the Market. This is yes. actually in the French Quarter. We're on Decatur Street. This is one of my favorite bars in America. Um, and best, I was thrilled that this worked out here. Best best drink I've had all day is a shot of fucking bullet rye. I I just want to be drunk. I rolled oh, I made, rolled. Made caringly here I at rolled Molly's. my ankle earlier. And that's horrible. That you're actually hobbling around in pain or you would be 
If it I wasn't am, for this delicious glass of bullet uh, rye. I, hopefully it turns me off. It turns all the pain off. I literally left a bar, stepped on a goddamn fire plug, and it, the whole street shifted. My ankle rolled. It doesn't matter because I am so drunk right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And we are at, actually, and this is the first episode we've actually done at a bar. We're at the bar at Molly's on the Market on Decatur Street in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, one of the best bars in America, according to me. Now, uh, you got your start doing comedy at age 11. How, the, how does this happen? Um, your parents are shitty. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much gets anyone into the arts at yeah, age 11. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, really. They're terrible, and they uh, want you to... Look, my mom was like, this 22-year-old wizard wants to diddle you in his garage. He's promised to take you to state fairs. So, if you've seen the movie Babe Picking the City 2, <laughs> um, you have a firm idea of how my feeling towards... <laughs> doing stand-up as a kid at state fairs was it was so bad so and, seriously uh, so this is i mean even though you do it with a funny voice you're actually telling me the truth i'm very i'm being very honest i got did a little, little bit and then also i uh, did no comedy hey do your jokes at a uh, at nine <laughs> years old by the way nine-year-olds yeah have fucking shitty jokes they're nine they're years not old. yeah no there's the reason why you don't hear too many of them on like getting comedy central specials no. no, they're terrible people. They're yeah. nine years old. All nine-year-olds. As, a, nine, no as a former nine-year-old, I was a real piece of shit nine-year-old. They have no concept of loss. They have no <laughs> concept of like... Where is the ennui in your set? Exactly. You're nine. What are you doing? Um, and what kind of comedy were you raised on? I mean, were you in a comedy-friendly house? How did this work? Yes. My mom raised me... Uh, and it's, and it's interesting because your mom was in the front row for your first special, uh, Holy Drivel. Yep. And that's got to be odd. But we'll come back to that. What, what kind of comedy was being played around? My mom raised me on things like, uh, uh, God, Dick Gregory. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, of course, Carlin. Yeah. She loved Carlin. Um, you know, a lot of, like, anything that was sort of left-leaning. Um, Nichols and May, I got a lot of. Okay, wow. But she was great about picking comedy. It was very, like, lefty. Yeah. She wanted me to get that that weird bug to, like, write. I, and even now, she tells me, she's like, I like it when you write things that are about this. It's so I like your dark shit. I like it. She does. She's so nuts. She's the worst fan I've ever had. Cause, in, in what way? Um, She encourages all the shit I'm afraid of. Yeah. She encourages the shit, like, okay, I have a story which is not a false story, about my uncle. Thank you. There we go. My uncle passed away three months ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, fuck him. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Yeah? This beautiful part about this story is that everyone in their family, according to my mom, has one person that when they die, you're like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Fuck him. Really? And that was my uncle. And so my mom called me. To tell me about my uncle, and here's how she opened the conversation. Yeah. She goes, you know, when you, when you get a death phone call, it's usually very sad. Like, <laughs> I'm real sorry, Ian. I yeah. have some bad news. I got this call from my mom. Dude, are you fucking sitting down right now? <laughs> Which is not generally what you want to hear from your mom. You're not going to believe where they found your uncle's body. <laughs> Seriously. He died on a toilet. He'd been there for 16 days. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
And this you find, and this was a fitting end for the man. I known couldn't as your uncle. stop your laughing. mother's your mother's brother. Yeah. Oh wow! So she was that about her own about her and own then brother. She said, "Hey, if you want to say anything in his wake, say, I can't believe he died doing what he loved most, <laughs> being left alone." What a racist hoarder asshole. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mom, you're the best. <laughs> you're um, so good. Well, did you end up going to the funeral? What, what kind of fun was there? Well, we didn't have a funeral. Yeah. We didn't have a wake or a funeral. Okay. We've had this three times in a year. We've had people die in the family where we've done nothing for them. Yeah. Because they're terrible. Yeah. So uh, we didn't have a funeral. We didn't have a wake. They just burn them yep and then we had to like my uncle's kids oh fuck my uncle's kids were like you want to get the ashes and the oldest kid is like no fuck him wow so universally loved this man F- flush his ashes down the toilet well I as where he died yeah well you know he might have some money in his apartment he might have stashed some money uh, and he goes i don't give a fuck <laughs> it's not my money fuck him yeah Oh, they're the best kids ever. I love them so much. All right. So you're in your parents' house listening to comedy. Uh, How much of this did you start doing just to kind of make your mom happy? I mean, who doesn't want to make their mom happy? My mom lives here in New Orleans, and half the reason I'm here is to make her happy. Well, I mean, I think I did comedy to make my mom happy, of course. I mean, I wouldn't disagree. It wasn't any portion. I loved doing stuff that made my mom laugh. But I also, now that I'm older... Like doing stuff that makes her angry. <laughs> exactly, you know. But the yin and the yang. There. She was just there. Uh, I did. I did the Neptune Theater in Seattle with Brian Pesain like three weeks ago. Yeah, and you do a lot of work with Pesain. And my, yeah, he's great. He's so good to me. Brings me out. My mom sat in the front row. Jeez. She fucking loved it. She and she loved was all like, the, "Yeah, you were all right, but that Pesain guy, uh, he's on fire." She loved it. She stood up and was like. I told him I gave him everything. He he learned everything from me. That's what she said. <laughs> She's such an idiot. How? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be weird to actually have a checklist from a parent and, and going about actually, you know, raising the bar on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, did you do the same thing? Because this is also this is also a first. Where the first time we've the first time we've done this in the French Quarter. First time we've actually done this at a proper bar, like at the bar. And you're my first guest who worked. At uh, Guitar Center. I mean, and we're listening to a monster jam right now, ELO's Do Ya. How the hell did you find yourself at a Guitar Center, sir? And what was your hair like? What was the haircut? Which which Guitar Center haircut did you have? Uh, I started at Guitar Center in uh, 1999. Okay. I had hair all the way down to my ass. Wow. Jet black. Um, the manager at the time, his interview question was, he asked me some questions like, so have you ever, like, have you been convicted of a crime? Yeah. Have you done this? And then he goes, do you have any Nazis in your family? (laughs) And I was like, no. And he goes, well, I'll find out if you do. Jesus. Thanks for coming. I'll call you in a week. Turned out that guy Burl, Burl Schaefer, Burl. was not a manager. He was just a guy who helped. No shit. He got me the job. So wait we a second. We made that joke for years. He's like, got any Nazis in your past? <laughs> he, he was the nicest guy. But not actually a Guitar Center employee. Nope, not at all. Just a guy standing yep. around there? Yep. Fuck. Guitar Center is the home of all things evil. Speaking of which, give me a number between 1 and 10. 
Seven. Seven. I think I've done seven already. I'll do it for you, too. Six. Six. I haven't done six. All right, this uh, is the James Lipton question. I'm going to read you a question. Have, do, you, do you ever watch Inside the Actors yes, Studio? Yes. Uh, do you have any favorite guests on there? Matt Damon okay. and um, also Robin Williams. Okay, they're both very good. This is a classic James Lipton question. I have a list of ten, and you have given me number six. A question read by James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio. What sound or noise do you hate, Derek Sheen? Faggot. The sound and noise of the word faggot. Not word, but yeah, you hate the sound of the word. I hate the, I hate the, hate the sound. Uh, and usually I ask, well, why? But this one seems pretty self-explanatory, or is it not? It's very self-explanatory. Okay, yeah, there you go. Because it's not always a word. It's usually said under somebody's breath. Okay, yeah. Faggot. Yeah. Usually these James Lipson questions end with a little bit of a peppier end <laughs> that I don't have to find my, my myself digging out of. Seven. <laughs> um, all right. Now... Well, I mean, now you also, in addition to uh, your Guitar Center career, you had a bit of an actual music career um, as a roadie. How did that yes. come to be? I am uh, and still very good friends with my uh, with Trey Gunn. Trey was a uh, uh, instrumentalist in the band King Crimson. Yes, uh, very in instrumental in their uh, seventh incarnation. Um, Loved. I, I, I. Here's how I met him. I knew somebody that uh, worked in the drum shop, and I was like, and they were like, "Man, Trey comes in here all the time." Uh, Guitar Center used to have the uh, Guitar Mageddon contest. Oh Jesus Christ! Of course like, they did. Can you please tell me how to get in touch with Trey? Mm -hmm. I want him to judge it. I was. I and have always been a very uh, 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 progressive rock nerd. Yeah. He showed up. Wow. And I couldn't stop fucking asking. As a questions. man with a jet black hair to his ass, amazing this is that you were infatuated. And, and, and so you. Trey, yeah. is, Trey is not like that. Yeah. No, no, no. Trey, yeah. short hair, being a normal guy. But you figure if there's going to be a guy following around a member of King Crimson, yep. that's how you've described your look would he, be very in line with I what I'd played, expect. I uh, played the album that he just finished is The Construction of Light. Mm hmm. And so I played it the whole way through, and he was like, don't. What do you, oh, God damn it. <laughs> he hated me. At least you played an album he was on. And then I became a roadie for him. Yeah, um, and I have some Crimson background myself, but in a much more tangential way. I am named after Ian McDonald, the saxophone player in King oh, Crimson. Oh, God damn it. That's yep. amazing. My father was a huge fan. My father also handed Robert Fripp a painting after his show at Park West in Chicago. That he sweared to his dying day was the basis for the song Two Hands on the album Beat. Beat! Ah. <laughs> yeah. We are actually in the French Quarter, hard yeah. as it might be to believe. Don't um, it. But yeah, he uh, actually. That's amazing. Yeah, so, but he was such a big fan. I'm named after a member of King Crimson. So that you actually Beat. went on tour with him yeah. is insane with, yeah. with Trey Gunn. Now, Beat, he, Beat is a. Uh, by the way, Beat's a great album. Yeah. I would but, have just as soon been named, I guess, after uh, John Wetton. I think John wow. Wetton's my favorite Crimson member. Um, Another bass player. You know, that But then he went on to be in Asia, which is bad. But the, Ian McDonald went on to be in Foreigner. So there are, no one got out alive. Right, right, right. My favorite con... Like, uh, 
Adrian Ballou. Yeah, okay, good job. Tony Levin. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, God damn it. Of course, Robert Fripp. Yeah. And uh, drums would be... Um, oh, Don't God. say Bruford. Don't say Bruford. Bro, Give me Bill somebody Bruford. else. Bill Bruford. Yeah. So you're basically... So the... Uh, uh, I love Bruford. To, uh, uh, the perfect pair era, the, or the discipline well, um, era. Yes, uh, uh, Three of a Virgin Pair, and um, uh, there was one more album. But, God damn it. Discipline, Three of a Perfect Pair. Yeah, I mean, I know my crib. Yeah. I, I grew up oh, with, my dad was a big fan, and I grew up at a record pair. store, so there's no way out of this Discipline, one for me. Discipline, Three of a per- Perfect Pair, beat. and uh, Beat. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, Red is my favorite era, if we're going to nerd out about King. John Wetton. John Wetton's awesome. It's just, you learn, like, you, you listen to stuff, and you're like, oh, God damn it. So what did you learn from being a roadie, Derek Sheen? With Trey, I learned... Um, well, did you roadie for a number of people, or just no, Trey? Okay. Trey. Um, with Trey, I learned that uh, there's a lot, there's a, a hell of a lot of, uh, um, you're relied on. Yeah. Like, for everything. So... From the from the first minute to the last minute, everything needs to be fucking set up. Yeah. Also, it's a lot of because running. Because there's walk. a lot of perfection in a tray gun set. I mean, there's not. I mean, yeah. you know, you go tour with the meat puppets. I would agree. As long as the amps are on, we're good to go. Much meat different. Puppets, yeah, nothing. Yeah. But like Trey, Trey and that band he put together for the Trey Gun Band was very, very, very. They were succinct. Yeah, I'd imagine so. They practiced in their hotel room at night. So there weren't a lot of groupies on this tour. There's no castaways that you as a roadie would so, be able to take on. Ian? Yes? If you look up Trey Gun Band, yeah. Night Vision, mm-hmm. you will actually see the opposite of that. You will see what I shot, which is them playing, um, oh, God, uh, Tele Kelly Mahade, uh, I think that's the name of the tune, while a girl takes her shirt off. And shows her tits to the band. Yeah. During the solo portion of a, a Telecale Mahade. I'm gonna have to figure out how to spell this, both because I'm interested Doesn't in music matter. and I might boobs. Be wrong. I might be wrong about how we spell it, but Trey Gun and boobs. Hey. Will get you there. Nice. And even Trey was like, "Holy shit, I got that girl to show her boobs," because I was like. Take your top off. You were doing. You were. You were I directing was her. Yeah. Yeah. But successfully they, so done. It ended in a 24, uh, 24 minute long solo, solo that they did not plan on because Trey yeah. was like, "This girl is gonna take her top off." If we so just playing. let's just let's vamp yep. until the tits happen. So great. Which is kind of what we're all doing in life in our own way. Um. So and what did you learn on the road? Uh, uh, I mean, what, that, what was the experience? Okay. Um, I learned these things. Uh, the, that work is hard. Yeah. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of pushing and pulling and. I would imagine uh, so. There's a lot of just fucking lifting. If you're a, a, a fat ear, a weirdo, it sucks. It's so fucking hard. And you've gotten a lot more slim since then, right? Did, did the roadie diet help you out? Well, here? back then I was 170 pounds. Oh, okay. But I'm not, I'm way fatter than that. Um, the 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 thing I learned is that um, it doesn't like it's all about just being in the moment. Yeah. Are you in the moment? Are you ready for the moment? Um, 
I, I, I applied that to comedy now. Yeah. You know, are you ready? Are you in the moment? Yeah. Is everybody here for this moment? Yeah. And so it doesn't always work, but it's great. Yeah. I mean, those guys were always ready for rock and roll. <laughs> and I know Which rock is what and you want. Yes. I know rock and roll sounds weird for prog rock, but they were ready for it. Okay. All right, we're going to change gears here a little bit. Um, what was your favorite car you ever owned, Derek Sheen? My favorite what? Favorite car. Oh, this is hard. Because I assume, like you, we have lived on a budget for our entire lives. We're not the Mercedes set. We No, no Beamers in my back catalog. What is, what's the car that has done you the proudest? It doesn't have to be high performance. My Kia. Really? I had a 2001 Kia Sportage that almost seemed to run on how unsexy of a car it was. This car would not die. I am currently driving a Fiat wagon, a four-door, 500L. Okay. Um, 500L sounds classy. I'm not familiar uh, with it, but it you sounds know what? classy. I loved it. I loved it until uh, I had it for three months, and I had to have the, uh, I had to have the entire... Uh, I damn the entire fucking, um, it was a, uh, the transmission. Yeah. Just went kaput. Had been recalled. <laughs> that's, that's not a good, that's nope. not good for your car right I there. I didn't know it. So I've had the transmission replaced already Fiat twice. Are no, Fiat are known as being way, such reliable cars. 2014? Yeah. It's only 2015 now? Yeah, yeah. I bought it February of this year, 2015. Gee, it was a new car. 2015. Fix it again, Tony. And they were like, uh, you know, we sent you the, uh, the message in the 2014 yeah. for the recall. Yeah. I'm like, I bought the car in February 2015. They're like, huh? oh, shit. Um, well, <laughs> that's weird. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Your car's fucking made a baby dick. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It is. So it's, it's still in the shop. It's still in the shop. Ugh. I've owned the car for nine months. I've had it for seven and a half months. Uh, what's your wife think about this? You're a married man, happily so. She hates the car. She loves the man. Yeah. <laughs> she likes. It's nice to. It's nice to have a she wife. She likes that can what I'm doing. She likes what I'm doing. Yeah. She, it took a long time for her to get into. I mean, why wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but now she sees me doing good stuff. I mean, opening for Patton, opening for Brian, opening for Jeannie Garofalo. So it She's, took star power for your wife to come around. It took, it took her to it took see that other. Names. It took her to see that other people liked what I was doing yeah. and took me out like that. It wasn't the star power. It was like, oh, those guys like what he's doing. Yeah. So it wasn't star power. It was just. She's uh, so they were being uh, they were being like the tastemaker for your for your own wife. She's a star fucker. And um, she is a horrible star fucker. And you've uh, you've done no you've done some big stuff. I mean, tell me about your uh, your uh, your shows with Patton. We had theaters, we had fun. Yeah. Uh, how, many, how many dates you do? That's you've Patton's. Uh, well, I've I've done a few. I mean, Patton's that's Patton's audience. Yeah. Patton's audience is the best. So it's literally no work for me. Yeah. When Patton asked me to come and open for him, it is the best because I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be like your, this is the best of the best. Yeah. And they love it. They're so into it. They love Patton. The thing is, building an audience yeah. is, it changes everything. 
It does. I mean, it changes everything. But you're on the road a lot. I mean, what do you, how I do you am, see I the am. markets change every time you end up back in town? Um, the, the, the audience is so into what's happening. Yeah. That's the that's the part I love. Yeah. They come. If they don't come, I don't come back. Yeah. You know? Where's the favorite place you've drank so far today? Because you had uh, you went to the Rawhide. I've never been to the Rawhide before. Explain to me the Rawhide. Rawhide was okay. Very gay, which I wanted. Yeah, last um, night, yeah. My friend Keith works there as a bartender. I can- Uh, very good. I, I wanted to go. They were like, Keith left early. And I was like, God damn it. Damn, Keith. But then I watched uh, like a group of guys make out. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. I I, uh, what, the, the great thing about uh, New Orleans, and there are a lot of great things about New Orleans, but one time I was uh, sitting on the streets. I was actually on Bourbon Street like at 3 o'clock in the morning having a pronto pup, which I think that's what they're called, the little hot dog stands they have here. Um, and I, I was sitting there with my girlfriend on a stoop eating it, and then I look up, and across the street, there's uh, dudes blowing dudes. And I'm like, you know what? I love this town. Like, full-on street fellatio. Well, I just happen to have... I, now I'm the voyeur, apparently, while I'm eating a hot dog. And I never expected that to be the case, especially with the hot dog eating. Guys blowing guys are great. I mean, it frees you from a lot of stuff. The thing is, I encourage men to blow other men. And, and, and you're a happily married man. Yeah, but I'm you're, married. You're I'm all straight, about. But- but I want them to do that. I've done it. Really? I want them to blow their men. Uh, you'll feel like I feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just blow a guy and then we all have open urinals. Yeah. Like, Because guys that haven't blown guys are like, I've got to have a urinal between me and this guy. If you blow a guy, all of a sudden you're but like. But male on male fellatio the gets urinals, rid man, of, a lot a of, a lot of a lot of lines. Yep. All right. I would vote for that platform if you if you went I for office, you went for state it. comptroller. I'd vote. I for that. I love it. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I love it. And what's the what's the name of the upcoming album? Tiny Idiot. And that'll be out sometime in the in the January. near future. January. So everybody, go to your Google calendars right now. January first, right in Derek Sheen. Uh, what 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 should people look for in the new album? It's a uh, it's a, a major step above what I did before. Uh, and I like Holy Dribble, a special that came out uh, a couple years ago. I oh, thought it was good. Thank you. Just watching the flight in. And thank prepping you. Prepping for this interview it like is, a fucking um, pro. And I thank you for it. prepping by, 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 you know, let's let's do some shots, you know. It is, um, it's a lot of uh, more observational, smarter material uh, based on... Religion, politics, and it's it's, it's good. It's yeah. better than the first one. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 if you like religion and politics and people talking about them and you have no strong opinions, well, fuck yeah. Get ready. You're going to love it. All right, it's it'll so be coming out soon. All right, everybody, I'm going to thank our sponsors real quick. First, uh, thank you to Derek Sheen, everybody, for Yay, being here tonight. Yay, me. Um, and our sponsors, get a load of them. Uh, we have Stag Beer. It's the beer in the golden can. Uh, you can only have it. Every day of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Stag Beer. Um, One car service uh, for all of our Minneapolis listeners. Driving smiles with that extra miles. Call 612-545-5848. Program that in your phone for a ride or find them on Facebook. And, of course, our friends over at Stand Up Records. We like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight up and bitter. Check them out at StandUpRecords.com. New albums out now by Mary Mac, Maggie Ferris, and soon enough, our guest today, Mr. Derek Sheen. Yeah. It'll be a hoot. So, everybody, thanks again. 
Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next Monday with more good stuff for you. Derek, do you have any words of wisdom? Hey, um, no. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks Yay! again.